When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo-woo! And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal Boys and Girls. My name is Ty Hildenbrand. I am joined, as always, by my friend and colleague and co-host of many years, a fine gentleman over there in the good old NYC by the name of Dan Rubenstein. Sir, how are you? I am really good, Ty. I am I am genuinely very good. This is as rested as I've ever been when we recorded a show. We're recording 10 a.m. Eastern time. I had a wonderful night's sleep last night because normally we record Sunday mornings. We're up late watching games and I was up sort of late watching bowl games. But or, you know, after a long day's work, I really relish these shows, Ty. I'm in I'm in the little Dan cave in my apartment and I'm feeling wonderful. People told us during the season, it sounded like our Sunday morning shows didn't have quite the oomph of a Wednesday show. (laughs) True. You are punchy after a a day's work. I will say that. I I see how uh, I see how people would get that impression. To your Mm -hmm. point, though, about getting a good night's sleep. So I got an Apple Watch. I don't know if I've announced this on on the show or not, but I bought an Apple watch. Not as good as MVMT for me, for my money. Of course. I'm an MVMT guy. But I'm trying it out. I'm seeing what different applications are available to me. Uh And one of the things I started trying to do was monitor my sleep. Mm -hmm. You know how I sleep, Dan. We've talked about this before on the show. Um, Like you've been in the hull of a ship for your entire life. I've been deeply alarmed at the sleep quote unquote score that I've been assigned by some of these apps. Like, oh no. If it were in terms of a test that you take in elementary school, I'd get a mm-hmm. constant F. My sleep score is like a 61%. Okay. 
These apps know how poorly I sleep, but they offer no suggestions for how to actually fix it. So I guess that's the I offer you a suggestion. Well, I've tried the apps, but the pizzas, man. But they get me to sleep. They don't keep me asleep. That's the oh, problem. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. See where I'm going with this. I do. I do see where you're going. How are you doing otherwise, Ty? How is your college football brain? My college football brain is great. I don't know if you saw, but a lot of people have tweeted us now, mm-hmm. thanking us for presenting this alternative theory for bowl yes. confidence pools, how to go about it. And I actually looked this morning, the solid verbal among the many thousands of groups in ESPN's bowl confidence pool, the solid verbal has the second highest average score so far <laughs> through like five games, mind you. Yeah, but, yeah sure. But uh, that's something. We're doing okay. Would you say, because I don't think I've missed a game yet. I think I was five for five yesterday. I don't know what your record was yesterday. I missed one. I missed the UCF game. Oh, sorry to hear it. I tried to convince you. Um, Would you say, because of the success that both we and our listeners are having, that the solid verbal universe is having a December to remember? (laughs) If you look outside, Ty, there is a there's a Lexus with a giant novelty bow <laughs> that I left for you because Ty, this isn't the seasons. It's not about me. It's about sharing, Ty, <laughs> and what you did, telling people to invest big early in these bowl games. I think it really speaks to the holiday spirit. That's not just within you, but within all of us. The Lexus with the bow. You are too much, man. <laughs> I don't know where you came up with that, but good for you. That's the actual song. I want to make I'm that aware clear. Of that. Yeah. I did a minimal amount of research for that goof and I found it. All right. Let's get to some actual news out there. We have breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. Can we start with personal news? Yes. Um, we have a venue. We have tickets that will be telling you in a matter of seconds when you can get them for our January live season review show. And I would you like to do the honors, Ty? Well, you pick the venue. The venue is Hill Country Chicken. Hill Country Chicken. What do we know about Hill Country? Uh, Hill Country Chicken is a wonderful place. It is in Flatiron District, Midtown-ish of, of New York City. So if you're in the greater New York City area or can be in the greater New York City area, we'd love to have you. Tickets are pretty limited. Um, we will be releasing them you said Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. This coming at Wednesday, what time? December 21st at 1 okay. p.m. Eastern. 1 p.m. Eastern. So 10 for all the people out on the West Coast who plan on coming. Uh, it'll be 10 a.m. your time. So 1 p.m. Eastern, Hill Country Chicken. Uh, I've shot Easy Call there. They have exceptionally good fried chicken and like mini pies and milkshakes. They do them. You know what they do, Ty? They take their mini pies and they put them in a blender with their milkshakes. And this, this season has been, I mean, the official uh, confectionery treat of the 2016 Solid Verbal College football season has to be the milkshake, right? I would assume so, yeah, because the Adam Amin stuff, sure. Um, so they have ridiculously good milkshakes. Um, and the cool thing about Hill Country Chicken, one, it's pretty central. It's near a bunch of trains. You can get there really easily. Um, two... They have like this ridiculous basement, and that's where we're doing our show. Um, you go downstairs, and it's appointed like you would a, like a den or a basement from like a, a suburban home in 1994. 
it's there's like board game it's it's great it's a it's a cool venue i shot easy call there i interviewed uh notable oklahoma fan nathan followell from the kings of leon kings of drummer yeah interviewed him down there in the basement um shot easy call a couple years ago or last year actually at other hill country locations um it's a great place they do great things and 8 p.m Saturday, January 14th. Tickets go on sale this coming Wednesday, the 21st at 1 p.m. Uh, you can find the we will we'll tweet it out at 1 p.m. We'll post it on Facebook at 1 p.m. Um, I believe if you Google Solid Verbal and Eventbrite, B-R-I-T-E, you should be able to get to the page. Um, and I I would stress try to move relatively quickly because it's a it's a pretty small space and we just want to have fun with some of our pals. So the plan is going to be at that point to celebrate the national champion because the championship game is the Monday before our live event. So we'll know who the champion is. I mean, I'll be celebrating Temple football myself. Well, we'll all be celebrating our own football situations. But in particular, the champion, we'll know who it is. Mm -hmm. And we're going to reflect on some of the central themes from the season. And we're going to eat the chicken. And I believe there are drinks. Will there be drinks there? Uh, they, they, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we, I don't know if we're offering a package. Like, if you get a ticket, we're gonna get you a chicken sandwich and a shiner. Right. But no. they have, they have really good Texas beer and they have fried chicken sandwiches. They do. I don't know if they still do this, so I can't promise this. But this just sort of speaks, and they are, they are not paying us to say any of this. Um, they're. What was it? It was their mashed potatoes. They have like these cheesy mashed potatoes. I'm generally not a big mashed potatoes guy, but. They would just cut up French fries and put them in the mashed potatoes. I'm great with that. Yeah, I'm I'm wonderful. I'm fine with this idea. Yeah. This is also a place that when I went there with our pal Andy Staples, he had a person on Twitter after he posted a picture of his tray of fried chicken, send him, call the restaurant and send him a pie. (laughs) Like, like he was a charming dude across the bar sending a drink to a, a potential lover, Ty. He got sent a pie. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So that's what we're doing at January 14th. It'll be at 8 p.m. Hopefully everybody in and around New York City that is interested can can make their way to Hill Country Chicken. Absolutely. And more to come on this. We are trying to line some folks up to uh, stop by. Maybe not be on stage with us, but to stop by and And be amongst the people. Yeah. Okay. What do we got in the way of actual college football news? Well, actually a fair amount. Nothing too groundbreaking, but we've got stuff to talk about here. Yes. Um, The big one is the Holiday Bowl. As it pertains to the topic at hand here, we're going to go through, uh, what, the Military Bowl through the Birmingham Bowl. Mm -hmm. So we've got a bunch of games to discuss, but as it relates to bowls, Minnesota was threatening a boycott. Ten teammates had been suspended as part of an ongoing investigation the football team thought that they were not given due process and they were threatening to not play in the Holiday Bowl. Right. So there was a lot of scuttlebutt on this, as you might imagine, in the days leading up to, I guess, they came to a conclusion like yesterday or Friday mm-hmm. evening. Would Northern Illinois take their place? Would it just be an outright forfeit? A lot of questions surrounding this. The boycott is now over, if you're wondering. The team met with some university officials and I believe they're now at a point where yes, they're going to the bowl game. They're going to play against Washington state all's well that ends well. I will be picking Washington state because this seems like a bit of a distraction. Yeah. But with that being said, alas, it will be Minnesota against Washington state in the national funding holiday bowl. 
Yeah. And I sort of got the intentions of the players trying to look out for due process and, you know, hoping that their their teammates weren't railroaded because of something that they didn't do. But then apparently they read an 80 page report that is not an insignificant number of pages about the alleged incident. And that sort of changed their minds. And the lesson here is if players, plural especially, are being suspended for something as heinous as sexual assault, give it a second Sort of figure out what's happening, you know, try to stay as informed as as one possibly can. And the sort of rush to sort of defend your teammates needs to probably slow down until you're able to sort of gather as much information as possible. So um, I guess happy to see that players are seeing truths and recognizing that probably they shouldn't be associated with certain alleged truths. Um uh, also, have we discussed WikiLeaks? On this oh, show? no, we haven't. We should talk about that now. We because we recorded earlier in the week, right before it came out, maybe the day before it came out. Um, Wake Forest. <laughs> Who? Radio broadcaster Tommy Elrod, I think his name is. Yes. Tommy Elrod, former assistant coach, was not retained. He was he was a Grobe assistant and just not a good 2016 for all things related to Jim Grobe. Um Former Grove assistant, not retained by Dave Clawson, turned radio broadcaster, and for at least two years, I mean, I think two years of the allegation, uh, everybody knows this by now, but was giving proprietary information to <laughs> Demon Deacon opponents, which is, one, crazy, two, he's probably not the only bitter person to do this with access to information across college football, um, and three, we know Louisville and... Um, was it Virginia Tech? Virginia Tech, yeah. We're both fined the maximum number of dollars, which was like $25,000 by the ACC for being involved in illegal espionage. Um, <laughs> man, and that was two years ago. That was the Wake 0-0 game with Virginia Tech. The one where Frank uh, Frank Beamer's holding up his arms at the end of yes. regulation, 0-0, yeah. Celebrating holding Wake to zero while at the same time scoring zero points. And it is like, it's such a huge bummer. And I, I don't know who exactly to feel bad for other than Wake Forest fans and players who put so much energy and enthusiasm into their team without all sorts of good results recently. Um, but man, how, like how impossible is it to be a coach at a an average or below average place? You already have so much stacked against you if you're you know, the coach of Wake Forest, just because there are so many other teams in their conference with so much more in the way of resources and talent, whatever. And then a story comes out where like, oh, your radio guy's also sabotaging oh. you because he's bitter. Well, what I want to know is this. Yeah. What's the market value for Wake Forest game plans? It wasn't exactly like uh, or playing Alabama here. Right. Because I can't imagine they're worth a whole lot. It was Wake Forest. Well, Okay, so here's the thing. You can think about it in two two ways. So you can think about it in that way that like, yes, it's Wake Forest. Like, how much can their game plans be worth? But Ty, I would argue, how much is not losing to Wake Forest worth? It's worth a if you are, you know, what Jimbo Fisher or whoever uh, in the ACC. If you're Bobby Petrino, if you're Dabo. I mean, obviously Clemson was not implicated, but I would say not losing to Wake is pretty valuable. Gosh, I just can't imagine someone wanting to give up too much to get these, but okay. And now Notre Dame has their defensive coordinator. The one of like the big shining bright lights of 2016 for Wake is now also gone. That is Thanks, correct. Ty. That is correct. I uh I like the move. I've been yes. reading about it for a while now, but Mike Elko 
is the new defensive coordinator for mm-hmm. Notre Dame. He's one of those guys that is very underrated. If you look at the numbers, he has improved Wake Forest dramatically on the defensive side of the football. Mm-hmm. He has absolutely made them better at getting to the quarterback, which is something mm-hmm. that Notre Dame really struggled to do this season. So I think to bring him in is a huge coup. I'm not sure if it's officially official, but they are in the process of finalizing the deal now to bring him in. All signs point to it being Mike Elko and South Bend next season, and that's absolutely a great move. So he was there for three seasons, um, including this one. Um, but something that stands out to me, and I'm going to tell you, right, I, this is shocking. I did not watch a ton of Wake football, but I watched some this year. Um, and when you look at the numbers, Ty, and what am I going to reference here? You're going to reference Danalytics again? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reference yeah. Danalytics. Okay, um, this I'm is just generally speaking, and this, the more standard stats reflect this as well. Um, Wake didn't do a great job of stopping bigger plays, but... The fact that Wake's offense was so terrible and they were still able, you know, and on the field so much, that defense was able to be pretty damn good. That that always impresses me, not just a defensive coordinator, but a defensive coaching staff and uh, the players themselves giving that much effort when the offense isn't helping them out a ton. So hopefully Mike Elko will have a better offense on the other side of the ball to work with and uh, at Notre Dame and is able to to show his prowess. It's a really good move for the Irish, I think. It's a really good move. They needed to bring him in. I thought I thought Brian Kelly did a good job going out and getting him. So uh, he's the new DC at Notre Dame. Steve Sarkeesian is back in the game. Yeah. He is the new offensive coordinator for Alabama. This after Lane Kiffin took the job over at FAU. Sark's an interesting guy, Dan. You know, Lane Kiffin, I think, vouched for him and brought him over to Alabama to be part of that staff in some sort of advisory role. Uh, Now, as Kiffin leaves, Sark takes over. He's obviously qualified to be a uh, an offensive coordinator. Did good things, I think, on that front. So I think uh, baggage aside, this is a good chance for him to get a new start. And obviously, it's a it's a role I think he's certainly qualified to to hold. He's qualified, and I just I hope for the best for him that he is able to uh, get healthy, stay healthy, maintain health. I know there there are stories that were were sort of going around the internet uh, that suggested otherwise, but um, I hope they're not true. And I hope, and I I can't speak to this with any sort of um, authenticity, but we hope that a high pressure situation is something that he is able to navigate and has the support at Alabama to succeed. All right. In grad transfer and other transfer news, a new yes. Solomon is grad transferring, Dan. This is interesting to me. I like the usage of a verb. Thank you. I just grad transfer. I just made yeah. that. Yeah. A new Solomon transferring away from Arizona. I have not heard if there is a favorite to land a new Solomon services. Right. I will say that I was underwhelmed by a new Solomon in his time at Arizona he seemed the kind of quarterback who might be able to thrive in a Rich Rod system. And between getting hurt and being inconsistent when he was healthy, I don't know if his services are going to be in that high of demand around college football. When he was healthy, I think he played pretty well. I think he has been hurt for a long time, which is also just it's just a bad break that he has just struggled with injuries. Um, I don't know where he ends up. I think he is probably I think you're underrating him a little bit. Um I think he's good. I think he can fit, especially tight in, in researching today's bowl preview. I had to do something that I never like to do. I had to look at big 10 passing statistics. Oh gosh. So the fact that there is a, at best pretty good quarterback out there 
That's a that's a pretty impressive thing. There's so many teams with bad quarterbacks, and um, I don't know who it is. I looked at some of the seniors just across college football that that might be in the market for a quarterback. I mean, Cal, you know, they'll lose Davis Webb this year. Um, Kansas, you know, there can't listen. We laugh. Kansas is in the Big Twelve, which has gone through some changes, and Kansas themselves they were in plucky. a lot of small things. Yeah. They absolutely were. I was looking yeah. up like short yardage situations. Kansas was very good there. They were plucky. Um, they were they were doing they beat Texas, Ty. They beat Texas. <laughs> well. Um I don't know. Houston has Kyle Allen, so I don't think that's a landing spot. Um I'm looking around college football. We already know. Um, we know Max Brown's going to pit as a grad transfer. Yep. That came out this week. Uh, you know what, Ty? Baylor. I know they have Zach Smith, but that's I think literally the only quarterback that's gonna be on the roster next year. Interesting. And, and especially as they sort of move to a, I don't think completely different, but I would imagine a more sort of ground-based attack if we were to look at what Matt Rule did at Temple. Um, I think that might be an interesting fit. I think there's available playing time in Waco. There is playing um, time, yeah. The, uh, Texas A&M? I mean, who is, who is in the market for Trevor Knight? I don't know. I think I think you might be surprised at the type of suitors that a new Solomon may have. I would be stunned if he ended up at a contender. What about Nebraska? If he goes to Kansas, that's one thing, but I don't think he's going to. Uh, Was there anything about 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 Riker Fife that <laughs> that got you pumped up for 2017? I'm just. I think he's uh, going to end up somewhere. What about Colorado? I mean, there are the options. Conference. You can list every school. There are options. I get you. Colorado. Colorado has Stephen Montana. I'm just They're saying. Fun. I don't think he's that good. Okay. I think it's, I mean, God, you look at the names of teams with senior quarterbacks and there's some, there's some bummers out there. All right. Jared Stidham, who's not, not a bummer, not a bummer, not a grad transfer. He of course was at Baylor. He is transferring to Auburn, which I think is a fantastic move for Auburn. Uh, Fantastic move for Auburn. Fantastic move for Stidham. Um, He is sort of forgotten because of the transfer and being a non-factor, but he is, Excellent. He's a really, really good quarterback. Is as true a dual threat as we've seen recently. Accurate, poised. He's not huge, but he can move really, really well. And uh, he should be able to step in and immediately. And, you know, Sean White at his best was pretty good and efficient. But Jarrett Stidham is... He's way better. Especially in a conference that moving forward, they'll be improved quarterback-wise, but hasn't gotten particularly good quarterback play recently. I think he has the opportunity to be pretty special at Auburn. He is bigger than Sean White. He is better in terms of being a true passer and probably yeah. a runner as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to imagine that Gus Malzahn could find a way to use that skill set pretty effectively. Who are the 2017 SEC West quarterbacks right now? Jalen Hurts. We have Jalen Hurts. Shea Patterson. We have Shea Patterson, Ole Miss. Very promising. Texas A&M. Unclear. <clears throat> Unclear. LSU. Unclear. Unclear, I think. Mississippi State going to be Nick, Nick Fitzgerald. It'll be Nick Fitzgerald who showed a lot of promise this year on the ground and at times through the air. Arkansas. Be Allen again. Yeah. Allen. He's just one name for us. Just Allen. Yeah. <laughs> like Pele. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing It's nothing that Jarrett Stidham can't immediately overcome and be the best of that group. I agree. Okay. And that's, and that's saying a lot because Jalen Hurts is very good. Anything else? We got any other news? We could talk about some of the I'm, game results, actually, if you want to. 
Yeah, uh, let's let's quickly run through the first five bowl games. First five bowl games, you had New Mexico 23-20 over UTSA, a better game than I think a lot expected. UTSA scored 14 in the fourth quarter to make this one a little bit closer, but... You're just going to gloss over all the Blake Shelton commercials for Gildan? <laughs> You're just going to gloss over that? Okay. They were numerous. They were. Yes, they happened often. Uh, New Mexico actually played some really good defense, too, which was kind of a shock. San Diego State wins 34 to 10 over Houston. As we predicted, Houston didn't show up for this game. Yeah, Houston, they were pretty good defensively. San Diego State didn't move the ball in any like the scoring 34 points. You'd think San Diego State was jumping all over Houston. Greg Ward threw four picks. It was the type of game for Greg Ward where by like the middle of the third quarter, I think it was it was Jesse Palmer and Brent doing this game. They just started talking about what position he might play in the NFL <laughs> because even though he had an okay season and was just hurt throughout the all of 2016, it was San Diego State led the country in interceptions. They, I think they picked him four times. Really nice way to finish the season for San Diego State. And I believe Donnell Pumphrey set the all-time NCAA rushing yardage record, which is sort of having an asterisk because uh, postseason games didn't count for Ron Dane, but still an amazing career for Donald. His ability to change direction very quickly. Yes. Is downright amazing. Yeah. He's got moves. So good for them. That was a nice win. 24 pointer uh, for San Diego State. App State won. 31, 11 and 3 San Diego State. 11 and 3 San Diego yeah. State. 10 and 3 App State now after yeah. a 31 28 win over Toledo. This is a good game. Back and forth yeah. game. They won it on a late field goal, like a 39 yarder, something like that. Had 200 and what, 70? I'm looking it up here. 297 yeah. yards on the ground for App State. We knew, knew they were going to try and rush the ball. Mm-hmm. And they held down Logan Woodside as best they could, but a good game. And I believe we both had App State in this one, right? We both had App State. Um, so they have now won 21 games in two years and are just dying for your respect, Ty. I respect them. <laughs> I don't respect them as much as you do. You have them in like the Big Ten, but... Listen, what has App State done against the Big Ten these past 10 years? App State would beat Rutgers. They'd give Maryland a game. They already beat Michigan at Michigan. Well, okay. <laughs> in 2007, but yes. The bottom of the Big Ten is garbage time. Yeah. All right. They won. Southern Miss wins 28-21 to over Louisiana Lafayette. Good, A good career for Nick Mullins, by the way. For Southern Miss. A bruiser, yeah. Really nice, nice career. I think about a three and a half, four-year starter for the Eagles. And just very, he's not a big dude. Really good career there. And finally, Arkansas State. Takes it to UCF, 31-13. A success story for UCF to get to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe they'd look better playing essentially a home game here, but Arkansas State jumped on them early. They were up 17 nothing after the first quarter, and then they sort of cruised to victory. The Danalytics loved Arkansas State in this game. Great defense. Really nice year for Blake Anderson. Um, I think it was Kendall Sanders who had a nice day yeah. through the air. Uh, caught a bunch. And I looked this up. Um, I believe UCF, first of all, the third down numbers in this game, these two teams combined <laughs> to go six of 35 on third down. Um, not great. Um, and UCF rushed for 0.4 yards a carry. Yeah. Which is what, a little less than a foot and a half? Yeah. 
I also looked this up, Ty, because I wanted to see like a foot and a half. So that we're talking about 18, 20 inches is roughly what, what they were rushing for. Um, that is the size of a pretty average lake trout. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what UCF ran for. They ran for the length of an average fish. So there's that. All right. We got to pay the bills here, and then we're going to okay. go through another wave of bowl games, Dan. Uh, have you ever heard of texture? I have heard of texture because I pay attention to you. Got to check texture out if you haven't yet. If you like to read, we know we got a lot of nerdy college football types that that listen to this show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you run out of podcasts to listen to. My hunch is that we're not the only show you listen to if you're currently listening to us now. But this time of year, everyone's doing traveling. And sometimes, Wait, what time of year is it, Ty? It's the holiday season, Dan. It's December to remember here on The Solid Verbal. <laughs> yeah. But there's a pretty good chance eventually you're going to run out of podcasts because not everyone's as dumb as we are and continues publishing all throughout the holiday season. So I would suggest you try out Texture because basically what they do is they digitize over 200 magazines. Mm-hmm. All right. So whatever magazine it is that you're into, I don't know, Sports Illustrated, Forbes, Rolling Stone, Entertainment Weekly, People, Fast Company. There are a zillion magazines that you can cram into the Texture app. So what they do is they go beyond just digitizing an article. Right. They've made it easy to find and enjoy all the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features that give you videos, all sorts of cool knickknacks that you aren't going to get if you just pick up a magazine, try and stuff it in the suitcase. It is extremely searchable. I speak from experience. You can mark what you like. You check out back issues, view all the bonus content. They will even curate all this stuff for you to help give you a better idea of what it is they think someone like you might want to read. Also, it helps that it's digitized. (laughs) You don't have to worry about carrying a bunch of magazines around. Now, all you got to do is get texture, get a smartphone, tablet. We all have them anyway. All you got to do is fire it up and uh, check out all the stuff it is you like to read. Right now, they're offering you a 14-day free trial. So if you got some travel, if you got some travel ahead of you here, go to texture.com slash solid. You get a free 14-day trial. Texture.com slash solid. You can try this out. You may determine it's something you want to do longer term, but certainly if you got some travel coming up, I don't know. I mean, check it out. They're offering it for free. So check it out. I'm in the middle of reading, thanks to our pal Arash Markazi tweeting it, um, like a, a very old GQ feature. It's a very long GQ feature about Frank Sinatra. Oh, cool. And it's wonderful. And it just point like it just points to the fact. Long magazine features, you're on a long plane, you're on a long train, car trip. Just get after it and, and sort of dive into that world. I love it. You know, if you met Frank Sinatra in person, his voice would sound very different from the voice you hear when he sings. He's he, he's dead, Ty. Well, yeah, I know that. But I'm saying if, okay. if he were to show up like the ghost of LaGuardia in Ghostbusters and talk mm. to you in the dead of night, he would sound differently because he ran his voice through a number of different audio compressors and whatnot. So is that true? It's very true. A little inside baseball here from the audio world. I did yeah. not know that. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Damn. Time. Help. I need picks of the week. So look, we did okay so far. 
<laughs> so far, so good. So far, so good. I mentioned at the top, the group's doing well. People are writing in. They like the advice so far. You went mm -hmm. perfect. Yep. Five for five. I went four out of five. So, so far, okay. Kind of sounds like we know what we're talking about. This is where the rubber really starts to meet the road, though. Because some of those early games that we discussed are a lot of teams that... Are you playing more music? <laughs> well, tight. I want to keep the December to remember going. Fair enough. Okay, continue. The earlier games are, are kind of the tougher ones. Because, mm -hmm. truth be told, these aren't the teams that most people follow with any regularity. There's a lot less information out there on those teams. Now we start getting into teams that more people know. You know, we're going to start off here with the Military Bowl and Temple Wake Forest. You know the deal on Temple. You know a lot about Wake Forest. We've been talking about these teams all year. So I think this is going to make it a little bit tougher for us to pick the winner of some of these games and also justifies why you try to make your hay early in the confidence yeah. pool. Put your, put your points all the way at the top. All right. Tuesday, December 27th at 3 p.m. 3.30 p.m., excuse me. Temple is 10 and 3. They are a 13-point favorite over Wake Forest. They are digging out from the Wakey League scandal. Temple 10 and 3, Wake Forest 6 and 6, Dan. So I'm going to say this. According to my formula, this is a pretty big strike against taking Temple here. Wait, can I call it something? Please. Statistics? <laughs> I'm, I'm a very bad person, Ty. Temple's a 13-point favorite. That was awful. Thank Whatever you. that was. Yeah. Matt Rule left for Baylor. And you can say what you want about that being a weird fit, and we have. But Temple now is without their vibrant leader. And anytime that happens, we saw it with Houston, I'm always a little, a little tentative, right? A little tentative to jump in bed with that team. Mm -hmm. I am reassured a bit, though, by how Temple closed out its season in just destroying Navy. That, to me, gives me an indication that they're still playing hard down the stretch. And given the fact that this is a senior-laden team, I find it hard to believe that they're just going to take this game off. Plus, it's pretty close to home in Annapolis. True. Um, Wake Forest is, you know, a defensive-minded team. I would say that provided Temple doesn't pack it in, I feel pretty good about Wake not having much success on offense. As do I. I like Temple a lot here. They had a good balanced offense all year. Reichwell Armstead was a legitimately very good running back. Had a huge game versus USF, which arguably their biggest, toughest game of the season. Um, and Temple clearly had the best defense in the American. And, you know, it's losing Matt Rule and some coaches to Baylor, whatever. It hurts. Uh, and by the way, Matt Rule hired, I think, a significant high school coach. Yeah, two in, of them. Uh, two of them. In Texas, a couple of them. Yeah. So, Getting after the Texas recruiting scene in a in a familiar way, I would say, early. Um, and uh, Temple has Hassan. It's Hassan Reddick, and he is legitimate, legitimate, amazing defensive star and will be an NFL player and probably a significant one. So he will terrorize Wake Forest and their offense, which is 
awful. Wake Forest offense bad. is yeah. particularly bad. Uh, and Wake's defense was very good, uh, especially versus the pass. And they have a star of their own in Markel Lee. Markel Lee, um, just a destructive force as well. So two of the best defensive players, maybe unheralded in the country, in Hassan Reddick and Markel Lee. Uh, I have 24 to 10 Temple as my final. So I have them covering, but barely. I don't have a final score prediction. I don't even have an against the spread prediction. I do have Temple winning, though, with 25 confidence points. I wow. agree with you. I think the Temple front's really good. Really tough. I think they're going to bully Wake's front, and I think they win this one at the point of attack. I'm not sure how Wake's moving the football here. Yeah, They might score 10 points, but Temple's got a really good defense. They're very fundamentally sound. They're not sexy at any position, but they're always really well-prepared. At least they were under Matt Rule. I would expect mm-hmm. that to continue now in just one game here against Wake. Yeah. I think they can pull this one off. So I, I'm pretty confident in Temple. I got 25 confidence points. All right? Sure. Dan, do you have the gifts for the Military Bowl in front of you? $300 Microsoft gift card. I don't know what you spend that on. Apparently people okay. like, what is it, the Surface? Yeah, Surface Pro. Yeah. So people like that, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you can get an Under Armour backpack and beanie and headphones. So they're not clear about it. Um, and it's presented by Northrop Grumman. So I assume everybody is getting what? Uh, an RPG of something some like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, $300. What is available for from Microsoft? What does Microsoft sell? Xbox? I have no idea. <laughs> get an Xbox. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Grab an Xbox. Seems like a good gift. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's a good bowl. Let's go to the National Funding Holiday Bowl, Dan. Yes. Talked about this one a little bit in our news section. This one's also on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. It's later on in the evening at 7 p.m. It's on ESPN in Washington State. At least of time of, I guess, jotting these notes down was a six and a half point favorite. I don't know if that's changed at all. They will be playing Minnesota. Mm-hmm. We know that now. But there are a lot of distractions here. We talked about it at the top. That's a huge strike against Minnesota here. When I took my notes, I was all in on Wazoo for 11 confidence points. Mm -hmm. I am not going to change that because, quite honestly, the ESPN system mixes it up a bit if you go in there and start changing stuff around. So I'm going to leave it as is. Typically, this is a fun game, so maybe maybe it will confuse. Typically, this is a fun game, so maybe the outcome will be a bit confusing. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much going against Minnesota with these added distractions. Washington State was a good team, despite not closing out the season as strongly Mm -hmm. as they would have hoped. It feels to me like there'd be a ton of reasons to go Washington State here to not only win and cover. So I'll say Wazoo. I'm going to keep it at 11 confidence points. But if I could make it more without screwing my whole thing up, I would. Just to clarify, we hope, as it relates to distractions, that nothing bad happened. Like sure. that's much more important than the prospect of the oh, holiday yeah. bowl. I think that go that should go without saying. It does go without saying, but yes. Um, and God, Minnesota just completely football wise, their schedule this year <laughs> was such trash. Ty, they were I think the only team in the Big Ten lucky enough. They got four of the five. Like if you were lucky enough to get five of the five, that would have been a miracle. But they got Maryland, Rutgers, Illinois, and Purdue this year. <laughs> It somehow all worked out, um, and they missed, Minnesota missed, I believe, Michigan and Ohio State. Yes, they did. They have Penn State. They lost. That was an overtime early on in the season. Minnesota's schedule was the equivalent of 
being in socks on a freshly laminated and waxed wooden floor where you just sort of glide. Yeah. You just, they just sort of glided through their big 10 slate of nothing quarterbacks. So um, I just don't like Minnesota all that much in terms of being tested and prepared for a, a good Wazoo team. Um, Wazoo's offense was efficient. They kept charging on, they marched down the field consistently. Uh, they were very good against bigger plays, which Minnesota doesn't generate anyway. Uh, their defense is fine. And when you have an offense that prolific as Wazoo does, that's totally good enough. That is, to- and considering where Wazoo's defense used to be, it's a big success story what they've done defensively with Alex Grinch. Um, Minnesota's defense was pretty good, but the competition was was pretty low. Just, it's hard to gauge. I have 30 to 17 Wazoo. I think Wazoo is good enough on defense to keep Minnesota pretty one-dimensional here. Yes. And I'm assuming that Minnesota wants to play in this game. They come out fired up. I think the way to beat Wazoo would be through the air. And Mitch Leidner hasn't done that all year. It's just not what he's good at. So I think that's a huge matchup disadvantage that goes against the Golden Gophers here. I will go Washington State to win and cover. And again, I feel way more confident about it than I originally did when I jotted this down. So give me Wazoo to win and cover. Mike Leach and, and those Cougar teams, though, have always, <laughs> they've never been able to pull away from teams, perhaps lesser teams in bowl games. And last year, obviously, the weather was crazy in the Sun Bowl, but something to keep a track of, I guess. But I like Wazoo. Do you remember 10 years ago in the Insight Bowl when Mike Leach played Minnesota? Um, you might have to refresh my memory. They were trailing 35 to 7 at half, and they came back and won. Uh, players in this game will be receiving a trip to a gift suite, a fossil watch, and a new era cap. And we've had a couple of people email us asking what a gift suite is. And I was pretty sure I knew what it was, but I verified. So if you're wondering, when we say gift suite with these bold gift packages, whatever, there is a room set up somewhere, you know, what a media hotel, wherever it is. Um, in which players can come and there are products everywhere and you are allotted a certain number of points. So let's say you're given 10 points. I think different products are given a different value points wise. So like if you're given 10 points, you can get a bike for eight points and headphones for two points. You can just sort of figure out what you want to get from an array of products, which is pretty cool. In the new age of Danalytics. Yes. And certainly with the degree of nerdiness that I bring to the show, mm-hmm. you and I would totally overthink that points process. Oh, absolutely. We would, we'd be going for efficiency. What can we get the most bang for our points from? Mm-hmm. Neither one. Where, of us where is their happy. value? How much will you use? X we would, for three points? we would overthink that and screw it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The motel six cactus bowl. Get hyped. <laughs> you ever stayed at a motel six? Of course I have. There's a Motel 6 in State College, PA, that I'm not kidding, has a toilet that runs like a jet engine. <laughs> one specific toilet or all of their toilets? I would imagine it's all of them unless it was one specific room. But mm-hmm. I stayed in one. It was the loudest and most intense toilet I've, I've ever witnessed. One of the great things about traveling for college football is you develop an ability to make peace and or defend a decision to stay in a particularly bad motel or hotel and it's like 30 miles away from town and not to say motel sixes are bad they're totally fine um i ride with best western if i'm gonna stay in a motel if possible but that's that's just me but like you see the advertising like hey they have showtime everybody (laughs) (laughs) uh it's pretty good they have showtime (laughs) um 
So, yeah, Motel 6 is sponsoring the Cactus Bowl. This one's also on Tuesday evening, 10-15 on ESPN between Boise State. Boise went 10-2 and two this season. Mm-hmm. And they are like a seven, seven and a half point favorite over the Baylor Bears. Baylor started out 6-0, and oh, ended up 0-6. Oh they finished the year 6-6. Six and six. So, this, I think, is another test of my theory. Mm-hmm. The theory is that motivation... You know, means something during bowl season. This is a pretty good test case. Baylor, as I just mentioned, started hot, finished cold. Every Baylor reporter, every fan that I've talked to, they've all told me the same story. The team pretty much mailed it in. Mm -hmm. On top of that, you've got a current coach whose term is set to expire. All the wheels are in motion for them to move on to the Matt Rule era. The only thing standing in their way is this game. And the game itself is completely meaningless. doesn't mean anything. It's a cactus bowl. It's in Tempe. It's a chase field. It's a nice place to go. Otherwise, there's really no reason for Baylor to care about this football game. They're moving on one way or the other. So with that in mind, I feel very confident in Boise State here and like 30 confidence points. I think that's right. It's never a great sign when a team or group of players or a coach needs to clarify, oh, yes, we would like to go to a bowl game. Thank you. That's my point. It's it's never a good sign. And Boise, you know, for their part, they sort of limped a bit to the finish. True. But across the board, they're still pretty rock solid. The efficiency metrics love Boise. And you've got a strong contingent of seniors on their team, too. Mm-hmm. I got to believe they want to go out in style. So give me give me Boise here to win cover and for like 30 confidence points. Boise, you're right. They were efficient scoring the ball. Um, they struggled a little bit on the ground with consistency, but Jeremy, McN- Jeremy McNichols was a terrific all-purpose weapon to really good wide receivers and Thomas Spurback and Cedric Wilson. I know it's probably Cedric, but I like saying Cedric. Um, when they were bad on third down, that's when they got into trouble. When they were unable to keep drives going, that's when they lost or almost lost. I don't think Baylor's defense is good enough to force trouble for Boise State's offense. Um, Boise's defense, although took a step back against the run, um, very good against the pass. Two really good defensive linemen and Sam McCaskill, Sam McCaskill and David Moa. Uh, as we've seen, Boise just develops really good defensive players year in and year out. Um, and Baylor was pretty much average in everything that they did. Zach Smith, freshman quarterback, taking the place of Seth Russell when he got hurt. He had his moments, but was a freshman. Um, Baylor's defense, they stopped some bigger plays, but they just they gave up a lot of points. I like Boise here, 34 to 20. What's the uh, gift situation here? The gift situation, excuse me, at the Cactus Bowl is a gift suite visit, an Ogio Baja 70 backpack. I've heard wonderful things about the Baja 70. Um, A fossil watch and a mixer bottle. I don't know exactly what that is. Mixer bottle. What is a mixer? There's no brand here, so it's hard to look up. So when we Google mixer bottle. For like a protein shake or something like that? I would assume so. Yeah, like it's something that you can. Yeah, it looks like it's a bodybuilding thing. Which, if you've okay. seen a picture of Ty and me, yeah, that's why we're unfamiliar with mixer bottles. Um, yeah, so I guess it's <laughs> you can you can put a bunch of stuff into a bottle and shake it up. All right, uh, where are we going next here? New Era Pinstripe Bowl. No, not this bowl. Yeah, baby. I hate this bowl. There's actually going to be good weather in New York on Wednesday. I have a New Era Pinstripe Bowl hat, thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> Pinstripe Bowl champions hat. Pinstripe Bowl champions. Wednesday, December 28th, 
2 p.m. on ESPN. They play it in Yankee Stadium, which is a cool venue. I got to say, yeah. I've seen a football game in Yankee Stadium. It's a cool venue. Mm-hmm. It's between Pitt and Northwestern. Pitt 8 and 4, Northwestern 6 and 6. Pitt's about a five and a half point favorite. So look, I was looking at this one when I did my studying earlier in the week. I could see this game going a hundred different directions. Mm-hmm. But if you look at both teams, talk about a contrast in resumes here. Yes. Pitt beat Penn State and Clemson this season. Clearly, they already have more quality wins, but they played some tough competition. Northwestern? Dan, what's the best you can say about Northwestern? They've got a, a really good, unpronounceable pass rusher in a Fetty Odenegbo. That's that's a thing. Um, no, Austin Carr was Austin Carr is going to be like a fourth round draft pick and will catch like twelve hundred yards worth every year. But in terms in NFL terms of team. their resume, Dan. Right. I'm not talking players. In terms right. of resume, they lost by one to Western Michigan and by three to Ohio State. That's the best I can do. Well, they beat Michigan State, who is a bad team. They beat Duke, who beat Notre Dame. Uh, they beat Iowa, who beat Michigan. A lot of transitive property going on here, but I'll Big give you that. Tra- Listen, Northwestern, math school, transitive wins. <laughs> okay. We can count it. Um, and Northwestern held pretty tough with Illinois State. They only lost by two. So look, here is where we differentiate between a confidence pool where we're picking straight up winners and normally during the season, like we go against the spread. I think I'd put 35 points on Northwestern plus five and a half here. Okay. Because the thing that I think I'm most confident in, I'm with you there, by the way, is right. Is that this is going to be a three point game one way or the other is a tight game. So if I could do something like that, I would put a thousand points on this being a three point win one way, one way or the other. But if I have to pick a straight up winner, I think it's Pitt. I think it's Pitt. I'm not super confident, 13 points confident. Mm-hmm. But I think they close out their season pretty well. Three straight wins over Clemson, Duke, and Syracuse. On offense, they look good in all three of those games. The Syracuse game got a little loose, a yep. little loose defensively, but mm-hmm. they've got momentum, and it's James Conner's final game before he goes to the NFL. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking this is a pretty nice spot for Pitt here to continue the trend, continue building and pushing forward. I'm not super excited about that selection, but I am forced to pick one. So I'm going to say pit like 34, 31. Let me tell you something, Ty. If you like open receivers, the pinstripe bowl is for you because <laughs> <laughs> these two pass defenses are trash. Um, so Pitt's going to be without Matt Canada, who is the new LSU offensive coordinator. We didn't mention that at the top, but I think a really nice hire, although I would argue also the, the stars sort of aligned for Pitt this year in terms of yeah. uh, experience and talent and depth everywhere on offense. But Pitt had, I would argue, the clear best passing offense in the ACC. They were more efficient than everybody, and they played good teams. So um, I, I'm very high on the job that Matt Canada and Nate Peterman did all season long, especially against the better teams on their schedule. They're excellent in the red zone. Um, the defense is is pretty good against the run and just atrocious versus the pass. It's slightly improved at the end of the year, but yeah, that Syracuse game wasn't pretty. Um, and Northwestern is just a the, the consummate okay team. And I, I like Pitt here 27-23, but you seem to like this game seems to feel like in your zone of 
everything to you is pointing to Pitt winning straight up. And you're not going against that instinct as as what brought you so much success this year. Well, so far, I'm 80% True. in bowl season. So I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. December to remember. It, it's different when you talk about point spread versus straight up winner. Point spread, yeah. I struggled mightily this season. Straight up winner, I think I would have I would have fared a little better. Uh, should also add the worst possible gifting to me. Description anyway. Okay. For the new era pinstripe Is it bowl. worse this- than the Lockheed Martin Bowl that we talked about on the last show? Okay, the Lockheed Martin Bowl, you get... A holiday sweater, a football, and a beady, and a gift suite appearance, which is not great. Right. The worst the, singular entity there is the sweater. Officially, the official party line for the New Era Pinstripe Bowl is a variety of New Era products. The end. Well, what else do they make beside the hat? Uh, beanies. <laughs> I have no idea. But hopefully, New Era also makes iPads. All right. So compare. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. Compare. Compare the gift suites again between Lockheed Martin and New Era. Okay, so Lockheed Martin, once again, is giving people a gift suite appearance, which we don't know. At least there's some mystery of the unknown. Finrod's festive wear holiday sweater, a football, and a beanie. What are they giving away at the Pinstripe Bowl? A variety of New Era products. Huh. I'm almost inclined. There's there's no gift suite noted. I'm going New Era. Oh. Dumb. Look, you're a football player. You don't need a football. What do you need a football for? No, you get a football fine. anytime you want it. A beanie? No, I'm just saying, just the presence of a gift suite trumps that. A, a beanie and a sweater. No. I'd take my luck. I'd, I'd press my luck with the hats, man. At least you know you can wear a hat if you get but a couple But the gift of them. suite might have awesome things in it. All right. Let's pay some bills here. All right. Let's do that. Pay some bills. Talking a lot of bowl games on the last couple shows. We've got... I guess two more shows to do previewing, previewing bowl games. Mm-hmm. What I would suggest is if you're looking to maybe go to any of these games, you can get some good deals. You can find those deals right now on SeatGeek. It is the smartest, the easiest way oh, yeah. to find tickets for the football games you want to see up close and in person. Nothing like being at a bowl game. We've been talking about the experience. If you're a fan, it's pretty cool to go to these games. Mm-hmm. Got a different feel to them, different vibe. But everyone I've ever met who's gone to a bowl game has been glad that they've gone to it. Regardless yes. of where it is, who's playing, it's just a lot of fun. People are there mm-hmm. to have fun. If you get the SeatGeek app, it's free on your phone, you will find that it is truly the easiest way to shop for tickets. You can be anywhere. just takes a few taps. You can instantly find what it is you're looking for, whether it's a couple months from now or... You know, what are we going to talk about next here? Want to go to the Russell Athletic Bowl in Orlando and Camping World Stadium? Mm-hmm, I do. Let me check that out. You can get a good deal on that. Just go on out, download the uh, SeatGeek app. They will grade all the tickets in their system. So what they do nice. is they go out there, they find all the tickets that are available from a bunch of different places, and then they give each ticket a grade. So you can always find the lowest available price, get the most mm-hmm. bang for your buck, Every ticket on the site is given a grade based on value. So if you want to get some value, that's where you go to get it. Every ticket you buy is backed 100% by their guarantee. So you can also now shop with confidence. So far, Dan, sounds like a pretty good deal to me. Absolutely. All of our listeners will get a $20 rebate after their first SeatGeek purchase. So right now, if you go 
download the SeatGeek app. It's free. Go in settings, click add a promo code, and enter SOLID, S-O-L-I-D. They will send you a $20 rebate after you make your very first purchase. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's all I got. Download it. It's free. It's SeatGeek. the best. S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Free app. Promo code is SOLID. Do it today. As I mentioned, Dan. Yes. We're going to the Russell Athletic Bowl now. It is on Wednesday, December 28th at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. And it's a pretty interesting matchup, I got to say. Between the Miami Hurricanes at 8-4, and four, they're about a field goal favorite over West Virginia, who went 10-2 and two this season. Dan, who you got? Um, well, I'm, I got the hope that Blake Shelton will be doing Russell Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Russell Athletic. Um so West Virginia had a really good offensive year, a good defensive year. They were a pretty complete team. They finished the season 10 and 2, probably not the end of the season that they would have liked. Uh, but all things considered, a huge success for Dana Holgerson and the Mountaineers. Miami in Mark Rick's first year, not great on the ground. They were fine passing the ball. Uh, the defense was really good in terms of limiting point limiting points. They were great in the red zone, and West Virginia is sort of uh, average in the red zone. I actually think, and I know Miami is slightly favored here, I think Miami covers, and I think they win. I think defensively they'll be able to keep West Virginia in check. I think maybe force a couple turnovers. I like Miami here 24-20. to 20. You mentioned that West Virginia was pretty good on offense this year. Yes, Did they were that? complete. A very good running team. Okay. I would argue that they did not have a truly great, efficient game against any team on their schedule with a decent defense. I think that's reasonable to say. They ran for a ton against Oklahoma in a loss. They ran for a ton, and I guess you could count BYU earlier in the year. That was pretty Mm -hmm. efficient. But otherwise, just a lot to be desired. Miami, on the other hand, I thought they looked really, really good after losing the game to Notre Dame. Yeah, After they lost that game, (laughs) they went through a rough stretch, but... They hammered Pitt. They beat NC State on the road. I still think this is a pretty good team, and I feel like they're trending in the right direction. There's sort of been this aura this year around Miami being a program that's building something under Mark Rick that he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I hope Brad Kaya sticks around another year. I would imagine he could go pro if he wanted, but there's definitely a chance that he can be much improved if he comes back for another year of ripening under Mark Richt. I just, I like their momentum. I think they win. I think they cover. I'm confident. I'm going Miami in 26 points. I think that's, I think that's right. I think, I don't, I don't think that's an unfair way to view this game. Um, I don't, I don't see anything on Brad Kyatt. I see leaning towards the NFL as of two days. He should, he should come back. I think he should. I think his stock is not super high right now. Because who's coming out next year? Originally, it looked like Josh Rosen was going to be the bell of the ball. But after this season, After this season, it was a rough year, a huge sophomore slump, and he was beat up. So what happens next year remains to be seen. Brad Kaya, Brad Kaya's got potential. I'm looking here. So next year will be a Lamar Jackson year. It'll be Brett Rippon at Boise State. Um, I'm looking at the the notable sophomores. Trace McSorley, if he has another big year. (laughs) I'm telling you, I looked at that Big Ten quarterbacks list. And it is Trace McSorley and Disappointment. If he had a band, it would be called Trace McSorley and the Disappointment. Okay. With other Big Ten quarterbacks. Um, yeah, it's not a particular... I mean, Jake Browning's a sophomore this year. And certainly against maybe not the best teams on Washington's schedule was incredible. Um, 
there's there's just I'm looking at the juniors other than Brad Kaya. I mean Luke Falk, I, I think he's going pro. Mason Rudolph is a junior. Um Baker Mayfield said he was coming back, but who knows about his NFL prospects. Uh yeah, there's nothing that really indicates all sorts of crazy depth of quarterback. If he has you know, a Gerard really Evans. good year, if he has a really good year next year, mm-hmm. there's a case to be made for him to be first quarterback off the board. I'm, I'm looking here. Nobody, I mean, no. Next year, it'll be Josh Rosen. You know that no one's higher on Josh Rosen than, than I am, but I'm skeptical. Danny Etling? <laughs> yeah, Danny Etling. Moving <laughs> yeah. on. Okay. All right. Um, what's the gift situation here? Russell mm. Athletic Bowl. Very solid, as our friendly Ellis would say. $300 Best Buy shopping trip. You could cut it there. And that's yeah. already a big win. That's already already better than Lockheed Martin, already better than New Era. Yes. Um, you've got a Timely Watch Company watch. I slide sandals. Um, I slide be- sandals. Sounds treacherous. I slide. Which, by the way, don't name your sandal company and have it sound like a lubrication. Yeah, company. I just slide. Don't, just don't. Just do not. We have a beach towel and we have an athletic performance pullover. Fine. That's a big win. That's fine. If you're a Miami or West Virginia player, you should be very happy. All right. The Foster Farms Bowl mm. in Santa Clara. Chicken is what is listed on the bowl suite. Chicken. Levi's Stadium, also on Wednesday, 830 in the evening on Fox, Utah at eight and four. About an eight point favorite over Indiana. Indiana finished six and six. Dan. We've been talking a lot about motivations, been talking a lot about coaches leaving. How about coaches being outright fired? Yeah. That factors in, too. I don't like this situation at all for Indiana. Why? The coach being fired for off-field reasons? That's not a distraction? I, I think it, it's it's somewhat of a distraction, but there's continuity with Tom Allen being there. There's uh, continuity, hired. but here, here's the larger point. Utah is the kind of team that if you do not play them with 100% focus, they will beat you. Yes. That's the kind of team that Utah is. They're very fundamentally mm-hmm. sound. They're going to come into this game ready. They're going to come into this game, I think, ready to run the football right down Indiana's throat. Mm-hmm. I am very confident in them winning. I don't know about covering, but I do like Utah here to win the game outright to the tune of like 29 confidence points. Okay. Um, it should be noted, this is, as far as I can tell, the one bowl game not broadcast by ESPN, or at least the one bowl game that Fox has. Does the Sun Bowl still go to CBS? Let's see. There um, is a game that is being broadcast on a network I've never heard of before, and it might be the Sun Bowl. Oh, yeah. The American Sports Network is doing the the Home Loans Arizona Bowl between Air okay, Force and right. South Alabama. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the American Sports Network is, um, but CBS has the Sun Bowl. The only bowl Fox has is this game, and I would love it. If like Fox went above and beyond, like they had the desk on the field for the Foster Farms Bowl, they had like a crew of like eight people weighing in on this game, and like Bruce and Stu. And Let's Rob go Stone down to the everybody. field with Rob Stone, Matt Leinart, and Brady mm-hmm. Quinn. Yeah, yeah, they do some version of game day that morning for the Foster Farms Bowl. Um, so it's hard to sort of fully understand Indiana with having interim made full time coach Tom Allen. Their defense is wildly improved. Again, hard to gauge against Big Ten offenses. Something that you pointed out about Indiana scoring points. Indiana threw the second most interceptions in the Big Ten. And their their pass efficiency numbers were still like fourth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how bad the Big Ten uh, passing game is in general. Um, 
Utah's offense is okay. Joe Williams is very good. Um, their defense is okay against the run and somehow atrocious against the pass, even having Hunter Dimmick, you know, maybe the most underrated and dominant defensive lineman in college football. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think Utah takes advantage of teams that are sort of everywhere in their focus. So uh, I'm going to say Utah 23 to 17. All right, let's move on. Do we have a bowl gift situation here? Chicken. Um, in this game, the Foster Farms, we have a gift suite of Fossil Watch and a Timbuk2 backpack. Now, gift suite Timbuk probably two. pretty decent. I, I tie in my daily life, in real life, my messenger bag that I wear to and from work is Timbuk2. Really? It's been very solid for me. Yeah. I'm more of a Targus guy myself. I don't know what that is. Different kind of backpack. Okay. I'm reading here that Foster Farms, United States West Coast Poultry Company, it's been privately owned and operated by the Foster family since mm-hmm. 1939. It's Deshaun Foster's family company. That can't That's be not true. That can't be no, true. That no. is not true at all, no. A lot of chicken representation here in the bowls this year. Yeah, pretty good. I mean, if it's in, this is what, San Francisco? It is in Santa Clara. Yes. Santa Clara, excuse me. I would assume that a gift suite in the, the greater Silicon Valley area is probably going to be pretty good. Okay. I'm going to assume that. So I'm going to say that this is probably upper 15% of gift suites. That seems reasonable to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like my Timbuktu bag. The Advocare V100 Texas Bowl, Dan. Mm-hmm. After many years of not knowing a thing about Advocare V100, I now know it's a vitamin company. Ty, and I can't stress this enough. Advocare is definitely not a pyramid scheme scam. Nope. It is definitely not. Oh, no, no, no. Not at all. They play <laughs> this one at the NERG, NRG Stadium in Houston. NERG. Texas Bowl is a clash between one team in Texas, Texas A&M, at 8-4. and four. Mm-hmm. They're a two-point favorite over K-State. Also, at 8-4, and four, they do play this one on Wednesday night, 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Dan, okay. I am super tempted to go K-State here. (laughs) Yeah? Really, truly tempted. A&M struggled down the stretch against the run. And that's pretty much all K-State does. The X factor here, though, and why I'm not going to do it, is because I think A&M's going to be back and healthy again along their line. Miles Garrett will be back. Okay. If he is back, and considering... What AM has on offense, just out wide, I feel they are too athletic for K State. K State doesn't, okay. they don't do that athletic thing very well. You can out athletic them. That's not really a thing, but I'm making it up. You can be more athletic than K State, and that stands for something. K State also didn't beat a single winning team all year, they beat two teams that were six and six. It was a typical Bill Snyder kind of season where he just finds a way to cobble it all together, runs the crap out of the ball, plays defense. I think A&M wins here. I'm not overly confident. I think they win and cover to the tune of 12 confidence points here. Um, am I wrong? Did K-State exclusively lose to the ranked teams on their schedule? I believe so. That's correct. It's. I mean, it depends on who you're talking about, but that's still pretty good they didn't lose to a team that they shouldn't have lost to they lost to the oklahoma schools and they lost to stanford um and west virginia which they probably should have lost those games but they didn't lose anything stupid um whereas texas a&m is in a place they're like the complete opposite type programs 
And Texas A&M to me feels like a car that the owner is bragging about buying. It's so expensive and flashy and beautiful and fast, but you have to like replace the transmission every three months. And then you see the and Carfax on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. It, it. There's just so much yeah. like you have to put in gas that's not available at every gas station. Like there's just so much that actually under the hood is not particularly good. Um, I like K-State in this game, actually. Yeah. I they've, They won five of their last six, including teams that were against teams that were definitely more athletic than K-State. Uh, K-State runs the ball pretty well. They're dreadful passing the ball, but that's not terribly new. Um, they have the best rush defense in the Big 12, which isn't to say a ton, but uh, they're so-so against the pass. Jordan Willis had a huge year for them on defense, and... Texas A&M, it just seemed like they would either have a very long touchdown or the offense would struggle. And their defense was average versus the run and pretty bad, all things considered, and especially bad against the pass, considering what they should have been doing against quarterbacks, playing and play out. So I am just going to roll with the team that I can count on a little bit more. I go, I have Kansas State 27-23. I just can't get past the fact that A&M should be healthy along their D-line for this game. All right. I think I think that spells trouble for K-State, but you're not wrong in saying that K-State is a more reliable team. Who is the better quarterback in this game? Trevor Knight. How confident are you in that? I'm fairly confident. At least I know uh, he can throw. Uh, well, he's beat up. I mean, he's playing, I believe. So Trevor Knight in the SEC a conference without particularly good quarterbacks finished ninth. In, in pass efficiency, threw for 6.3 yards per attempt. He is approaching Kyle Shermer levels of productivity. <laughs> he is approaching Kyle Shermer. Um, A&M got to the red zone, speaking of Kyle Shermer, as often, exactly as often as, as Vanderbilt did in SEC play. Granted, Vanderbilt's in the East. Texas A&M is a February team. <laughs> All right. What's the gift situation here? <laughs> Sorry, Texas A&M. Still like you. Um, Texas A&M and Kansas State players will be receiving a trip to a gift suite, a belt buckle. Okay. And Texas That's thing, that. yeah. Brian Kelly would love that. He would love that. Uh, an Adidas backpack and our favorite lubricating sandals, the eye slides. Eye slides. Can we look yeah. these up here? Let's look at eye slides. Eye slide sandals. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't sound safe. It looks like they're a Shark Tank company. I like that they have the little nubs for your They do. They are like shower sandal-esque. They have licensing from major sports teams, it looks like. But why are they called iSlide? I don't know. And slide around in them? See, I'd be worried that I'd slip and fall. I think it's to prevent sliding, which makes the title very confusing. It's like calling someone Little John. Yes. All right. And then finally, the Birmingham Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know where they play this game, Dan? Uh, Toledo. They play this game in Birmingham, Alabama at Legion Field. Mm -hmm. This is a Thursday game at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. USF, 10-2 on the year. They're a 10.5-point favorite against the South Carolina Gamecocks. South Carolina and Will Muschamp went 6-6. USF is a pretty healthy favorite here, Dan. Is there a reason I shouldn't? blindly side with USF and the Bulls. Oh, uh, they lost their head coach oh, to the Oregon right. Ducks. Hmm. So there's that. Um, hmm. 
So USF is in, I mean, Charlie Strong won't be coaching this game, but USF is in a pretty good position. South Carolina did get better over the second half of the season, highlighted by the Tennessee win. Uh, USF scores quickly and efficiently. Quentin Flowers is the clear number two dual threat quarterback in terms of, you know, how good he is on the ground behind Lamar Jackson. He had an incredible year for the Bulls. Um, South Carolina is pretty good at preventing longer plays, but South Carolina's offense is worse than USF's defense, which was pretty bad without Tom Allen this year. So I'm going to I'm going to roll with USF ripping off some big plays. I think Marlon Mack is one of the, the really underrated running backs in college football. So I have the Bulls here 30 to 17. I've got the Bulls around the same. I was going to say like 34, 17, somewhere in there. And I'm pretty confident, pretty confident of a win and cover USF 24 confidence points. Gift situation in the was Birmingham Bowl. Yes. Okay. The gift situation in Birmingham. We have a gift suite. Okay. Right, good start. An ESPN beanie. Oh. God. Okay. Uh, it might get cold. I don't know. Uh, a power charger and USB adapter. I think that's thoughtful, Ty. Okay. I think that's definitely thoughtful. We've talked about the USB charger before. Absolutely. I think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody: a portable USB charger for their phone uh, and a souvenir football. So middle of the pack yeah, hopefully the okay. gift suite is is loaded it's better than lockheed martin absolutely all right well that does it dan we've got uh two more bowl preview shows to do mm-hmm. so our next one will be on wednesday we will record and push that guy out and then um do stay tuned to the twitter and the facebook because we'll let you know what our schedule will be over the holiday season. We will be previewing all these bowl games, yep. but we might have a little bit of an irregular schedule here as we approach the, uh, the holidays. Also, don't forget about those tickets. If oh, you're going to yes. be in the New York area, stay tuned to Twitter, stay tuned to Facebook. If you go to either of those spots, you can find the link right now to mm-hmm. the Eventbrite page. Eventbrite is the service that we're using to sell our tickets. E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E. That's correct. Eventbrite is going to take the ticket sale live on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. As Dan mm-hmm. mentioned at the top, tickets are extremely limited. If you are fortunate enough to get one, we're excited to have you. It's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. I think we've got some cool stuff planned here. How much are we charging? We're charging like 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Yeah, we're not trying to make too much bank on this. No, we won't be. We'll it'll basically cover our costs to rent some equipment and save your money and support the fine folks at Hill Country. Yeah. Get a couple drinks and chicken sandwich. Oh yeah. And also we will be using the profits tie. And I say profits as I move my fingers together like Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Uh we're gonna buy some ice slides for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we our want favorite. your fi- we want your finest two hundred dollar sandals, please. Yes. Cool. Well, listen, you enjoy mm-hmm. the rest of your weekend. Hey, enjoy you Enjoy your week. I will talk to you on, I believe, Wednesday. We're scheduled again. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk some more bowl games, all right? I think that's a plan, Ty. For that guy over there, my good friend Dan Rubenstein. For myself, Ty Hildenbrand. Thanks again for tuning in to The Solid Verbal. Check us out on iTunes at iTunes.com slash Solid Verbal. In the meantime, stay solid. Peace.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.